Hey, welcome back to Minadapt's podcast, Let's Talk. My name is Jackie. I'm the communications and marketing coordinator with Minadopt. And today I am beyond excited because I am chatting with Casey Stanley. Casey is an adoptive mom to one of the coolest teenagers in the world and founder and director of the Real Hope Project. Real Hope makes videos of kids in foster care in Minnesota who are waiting to be adopted. And they partner with counties and faith communities to help Minnesota kids find forever families. Hi, Casey. Hi. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, I am in awe of the videos you guys create. Um, but before we get into Real Hope, let's hear more about your adoption story first. So can you start out by telling us what led you to adoption? Yes, totally. Um, yeah, so my husband and I have always wanted to adopt. That's always kind of been plan A for how we have wanted to build our family. And um, and there's lots of reasons for that, but largely for us, our faith was just a really big part of it. And so um, just our, even our understanding of who we are as we see ourselves as adopted children of God. And so uh, that's just always been a part of our heart. And so even before we got married, I kind of told my husband, like, I think this is the way that I want to <laughs> build our family. And so we got married in 2013. Um, and then had wanted to start the adoption process like after a year or two. And then we ended up starting Real Hope and kind of pushed everything back a little bit. Um, but yeah, I have just always seen such a, uh, there's so many incredible kids in the world who are waiting for families. And so just seeing a need there. And I think originally thought we would adopt um, like internationally or adopt little ones. And, and then the more that we kind of learned about the process, we really saw that there's lots of kids right here. And especially that it's older kids who are often um, the ones that who kind of get stuck um, in the system. And so started exploring that and, and away we went. Awesome. And so why, why for you does adoption matter? Um, oh man, that is a good question. I think it matters because um, every kid deserves a family. Um, and I just think there's nothing more powerful than a family. And so I think like our governments can have the best programs and our churches can have incredible programs and our schools can have incredible programs and like all that is so great. Um, but if kids don't have family, I don't think there's anything that that can substitute that, you know, like I think that is the, the base point. <laughs> um, right. And so just wanting to see that for every kid in our state. Great. Um, can you just tell us more about your adoption story? Oh, yes. yes. Um, so it's kind of tied in with Real Hope, the organization that we lead. Um, but my husband and I finally, we kind of started the adoption journey, I think in like 2017 is when we kind of started the paperwork. Took a long time because we had lived out of state for a while. And so that kind of slowed things down. Um, so by summer of 2018, we finally were licensed and ready to adopt, started the matching process, um, which to me was the hardest part of the process was the matching, just learning about different kids and having to say no to kids sometimes. It was just like, that part to me was brutal. <laughs> um, and then in September of 2018, um, for the Real Hope Project, I went on a video shoot for this boy named Martez, who was 12 years old at the time. And we got to go make a video for him. And on his video shoot, I just like fell in love with this kid and um, came home and kind of told my husband, like, I think I, I think I met the one. <laughs> um, and so then my husband waited until Martez's video was done. I showed him the, the video and it was completed. And he was like, let's do this. And so we reached out to the social worker and 
thankfully we had done all the, you know, licensing stuff in advance. Yeah. So it was able to move pretty fast. So, um, our Tez, we call him Tez. So Tez moved home a little over a year ago now, March of 2019 is when he officially, we got to see him again, kind of February of 2019, moved in March 8th, 2019. So we just recently passed the year mark. <laughs> Great. Um, so what are your, what are your favorite things about your son? Oh man, he is so playful. <laughs> He's 14 now. And lots of, I was a youth pastor for a long time before, uh, before we started Real Hope. And so I have had a lot of experience with teenagers and I love teenagers. Lots of 14 year olds are too cool for school. And like, you know, it's just hard to impress them. <laughs> and Tez is like, the kid cannot resist fun. Like no matter how tired he is, no matter how crabby he is, if me and Pete, my husband, start playing any kind of game, a word game, a, like a trivia game, anything, he can't not play. <laughs> oh, great. So it's just like the sweetest thing. He just has the, yeah, such a joyful, playful temperament um, and tons of energy, which has been interesting with, um, with distance learning. <laughs> right. Oh, but yeah. yeah, he's just, I mean, if you met him, you would just, he's impossible not to love. Fantastic. I'm really happy for you. Yeah. Um, what would you like people to know about adoption? I think, um, well, a couple of things. Number one, that teenagers are awesome <laughs> and teenagers deserve families. Yes. I think there's a lot of like fear around teenagers in the system. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's reasons for that, but also lots of times these teenagers have done a lot of work, you know, and they've gone to counseling and they've worked through a lot of the trauma and the hard things, or they're at least at a place developmentally where they're able to do that. Um, and so I think there's so much fear sometimes around teenagers in the system unnecessarily, you know, like they're incredible, uh, incredible kids. So that's one thing. And also I would just say that, that becoming a family through adoption is a journey and, um, I've just learned, we've all kind of learned to just have grace with ourselves of like, we're not, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> and all three of us, Tez and me and my husband, we're just, we're figuring it out one step at a time. And so just like with a, with a pregnancy, you've got nine months to kind of get things in order. And you're, I think people feel attached to that baby in their womb at different times. Like you might right away and you might not. And, and like, no matter how that feels, that's okay, you know? Um, and so just embracing the reality that, that it's a journey and it's going to take a while to kind of settle in. As mm -hmm. a family. Awesome. That's great. Um, so, okay, let's get into the real hope. Yeah. The real hope project. So what is the mission and what exactly do you do? Yes. Our mission is a forever family for every child. Mm -hmm. Um, so I am the executive director. Um, we've got a pretty small team. So uh, small but scrappy, I like to say. <laughs> so we've got, I'm executive director, our friend Dan is our videographer, and then we've got like a 30 hour a week marketing and development person and a, a halftime um, executive assistant. So it's just the, the four of us and what our team does is we make videos of kids in foster care who are waiting to be adopted. So just the ones whose parental rights are terminated, they're waiting adopted families. Um, and we make these little two minute profile videos about each kid and then we share them with the world as much as where each kid has different safety circumstances. So some kids get shared way more, some kids um, not as much. It just kind of depends on each kid's um, preferences and circumstances, but yeah. we make the videos and we share them and we try to find forever families. We share, share, share. Um, yes. I'm going to, let's, let's shout out your handles on social media. So it's the real hope project on Facebook. 
Mm-hmm. Is that the same on Instagram, the Real Hope Project? And then on Instagram, it's just real underscore hope. Got it. Okay. And I'm also going to have this in the description of the podcast so people will be able to just click. Um, but just so people go check out the videos and share, share, share. Um, mm-hmm. So what led you to start this nonprofit? Um, yeah, we have dreamed and prayed for a long time for us, like just how do we change the narrative around adopting from foster care? So my husband and I both grew up going to church every Sunday and we just saw that like the church has this really beautiful heart for kids who need families. Like churches are sending missions trips to orphanages and we're like doing child compassion, child sponsorship things, like all kinds of really beautiful things. Um, but often the kids that are right here kind of go unseen. Um, and we just thought, man, how do we help to kind of change that narrative? Because even when we would tell people that we wanted to adopt out of foster care, we would get a lot of like skepticism and, and concern and fear. And um, and so for a long time, we just thought, okay, well, we'll adopt and that will be what we do to kind of help change the narrative within this community. Um, but then a couple of years ago, when I was still a youth pastor, I went to a conference with my church staff and learned about what some different states were doing. This conference was in Colorado and there was an organization there called America's Kids Belong. And they were doing all kinds of really cool things in Colorado, like major policy changes, all these really sweet things. But one little slice of it was videos of kids who are waiting for families. And I just remember sitting in this conference and being like, we could do that. <laughs> we know the right people to get that started. It's so doable, so practical. Um, so we came home, I came home from that conference and talked to Pete and we were just like, let's, let's hit the ground running. And so we did, and it's just been so cool. Like, it's not, it's even as we share, we share a lot at faith communities and churches. And it's just been cool to see like, it's not that people don't care about these kids. It's just that that's not the narrative that we that we think of when we think of kids who need families. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we see these kids and we remember that they are kids, <laughs> um, yeah, people people have been responding. And even just the collaborative spirit in Minnesota, we've worked with so many organizations like MinAdopt, what has been so like helpful and what can we do and how can we work together? Mm-hmm. All these churches yeah. that we partner with have been incredible. Like. It, I worried at first, like, are we going to be stepping on anybody's toes or like, is it going to be territorial? And it has just not been, that has not been the experience at all. So many organizations that are just working so hard for the, for the sake of these kids. And so it's been super cool. Yes, exactly. And one thing that, you know, MinAdopt has started is an all about me feature on Wednesdays. And so the second week of every month, there's, so every month we feature a new child. Mm-hmm. And the second week of that month, we feature their Real Hope video. So everyone go check that out too. Um, besides checking out the Real Hope Project on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We, we're on Twitter, but we don't, we don't do much with Twitter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so <laughs> what has surprised you as you have been doing this for the last few years? And what have you learned? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I think two things. One big thing that I learned was, yeah, just kind of what I just mentioned was that like just the collaborative spirit of nonprofits in Minnesota. Like that has just been such a delightful surprise. Of we all have the same mission. Yes. yes. Find homes for these kids. Yes. And people are so willing to adapt and work together and partner. And so that's just been super, super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been like just a fun thing to see. And, um, and then the other thing I think is just learning how 
how to talk to kids about something as personal and vulnerable as family when their experience of family has in most cases been really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and so just learning how to be sensitive around that, that was something that we kind of needed to do a lot of research around in the beginning of we're like putting a camera in this kid's face and we're asking them some personal questions. And so how do we do that in a way that honors their birth family in a way that honors their story and just where they're at, even their feelings about family and adoption can be so complicated if you're a teenager, you might not be comfortable saying, yeah, I want to be adopted. Maybe that feels to you like, that means I don't love my birth mom, or that means I don't love my birth dad, you know? And so just learning language around that and sensitivity around that, I think has been super important for us and a, a steep learning curve, but a really good one. Absolutely. Well, Casey, I really appreciate you sitting down with me via Zoom. Don't worry, everyone. We are not together. <laughs> We're yes. much farther than six feet apart. Um, but thank you so much for coming on and sharing this. Um, it's been great. Thank you. Such an honor. You guys are the best. You too.